on the road again, and this time our travels found us in Miami for the big North American Bitcoin Conference 2020. We had the opportunity to take the main stage and host a panel featuring four luminaries and legends from the crypto world. We'll let you decide which or which. On the panel, we were pleased to welcome crypto OG Marshall Long, Bitcoin pioneer Charlie Shrem, event host Mo Levin, and Bitcoin.com COO Mate Okay. It was an informative and entertaining time, which we think you'll love as much as we did. So get in a Tubbs and Crockett state of mind, because this is our bad Miami Vice Live episode number 361 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. It's an exciting show. I'm Joel Com, And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. We're going to talk faster this time because we know some of you guys like to listen in like 2x speed. So we're going to make it really difficult for you guys. You're going to listen to 4x speed today. <laughs> or half speed in order to hear it, <laughs> you know, at a, at a normal. Yeah, we did find that out. A lot of people like to listen to us at 2x, which makes our voices much higher. Yeah, it's going to be weird when you're talking to us and we're listening to us like this and then you be this in person. Our voices are like this. <laughs> That's Travis Wright, and we are the Blockchain Blockheads here for another episode. This one's super exciting, Mr. Travis Wright, and got lots to talk about before we play the panel. But first, a shout out to our new show sponsor, Helios Protocol. Mm, HeliosProtocol.io. They're an infinitely scalable DAP. That's infinitely scalable. That means it can scale in. Infinitely in forever. It's a web hosting platform. It's based on a DAG plus blockchains designed from the ground up to be future proof with secure, high speed and low fee transactions and to enable truly decentralized and democratic applications. It's one platform capable of hosting your DAP and website user interface at the click of a button, enabling end to end decentralized applications that are here to power the next generation of the web. Check it out. Heliosprotocol.io. H-E-L-I-O-S protocol. P-R-O-T-O-C-O-L. Heliosprotocol.io. Very nicely done, Mr. Jokov. Thank you. Glad to have Helios on board. We've actually got an interview with a member of their team here in a future episode. Mr. Travis Wright, we had a great time in Miami. Of course, our listeners have heard us talk about it, but now the much ballyhooed and anticipated panel and let's set the stage for this. Let's set the stage. So Miami, Florida, at the North American Bitcoin Conference on January the 17th. I don't know what day it was. <laughs> the 17th. Sun- <laughs> I like that. That's yeah, good. That's what it was. And then we had this conversation. We had some pretty good OG luminaries in the Bitcoin world. Mo Levin, who is the chief executive officer of Keynote, and he's been putting this event on for seven years. Uh, uh, who else do we have on there next, Mr. Jokam? We had Marshall Long, you know, who was uh, very early in the crypto mining world, and also the guy who decided bad coin should be a real thing and went off there on his own and created the new bad coin, which you can mine on bad computers. Yep, badcoin.net. Co- bad uh, we also had Charlie Shrem, and we asked him his favorite shrem is shrem gumbo. Mm-hmm. And also a mate that was toke. Not on stage, though. We didn't say that on stage because that would be awkward. Yeah, we asked a little bit of shrimp. Uh, mate Toke, who's the COO of Bitcoin.com, also joined us. And what's really interesting is 
with the exception of Mo, the other three have all been on previous episodes of the Bad Crypto Podcast. So it was like a, a class reunion of sorts. Yeah, that was great. And what also was fun it was like afterwards, there was, so much, there was a lot of fans from the show at the event that we ran into. And then some people who had never heard of us before, they came up to us and said they really enjoyed this. So this is, they said this is pretty funny. I think we had a pretty good time. We cracked some jokes and uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, also the video of the panel is going to be online in the Bad Crypto Mastermind on Facebook. So if you'll go to badco.in forward slash mastermind, you'll find the video there is one of the, the newer posts on the page. Also, Travis, when we started the panel, we were talking about NFTs and referencing kind of like a pre-show thing because those who attended the North American Bitcoin conference and received a special uh, QR code from us. They got the bad crypto conference collectible, mm -hmm. which is not available to anybody else anymore. If you weren't there and you didn't get it, then guess what? Mm, SOL. Ah, uh, that means shit out of luck. <laughs> it's, it's, or something out of luck. Proof of proof of proof of listening. So the, the context as we start the panel is that we had just prepped the audience about how to get the NFT, and that's what led to our first question. So let's go ahead and go to the panel from the North American Bitcoin Conference 2020. Ms. Travis Wright, since we just talked about um, NFTs, I think maybe we kick things off right here because what I just said is that I believe... I don't know what you think. Mm -hmm. You Testing. can tell me your opinion. I think that, one, two, that thing is on. Uh, and you're lit that NFTs could end up being the killer app of Ethereum, especially when you look at uh, gaming, right, and how many skins and weapons and tradable cards and all that. So uh, this is going to be a free-for-all. You guys are going to have to fight for who's talking. And so I just want to know your thoughts. Well, none of these people would play games, so I'm going to take I this one. You don't play Counter-Strike. You tried to play Counter-Strike. Oh, You're bad. Shots You're fired. Oh, damn. When are we doing our Halo party? He plays chess. <laughs> I saw him playing chess. But um, okay. he right. has an eSports team. Yeah, that's true. That is true. NFTs are cool. They're too hard to use. That's it. I, I think there's some truth to that. NFTs are a lot harder to use than to buy additional themes, skins, whatever, online on some games you play. Um. And if you buy through the Steam store, anything, it takes a second and you get a new skin. If you, anytime you're using crypto still, it's cumbersome and that sucks. Uh, the thing is, uh, there is value in collectibles. Stamp collecting is making a revival. Trading card games, Pokemon is making a revival. There are these things that are coming back and there is some value to these. But if you can fix the cumbersomeness and how difficult it is to get them and hold them and to showcase that there is value. Like, CryptoKitties came out. That was dope. It came out at the right time, though, and so it's unclear whether or not that was the killer app or not, but still hard to use. Killer kitties. It was a pain in the ass. Anybody having a pain in the ass time trying to get that NFT in there? Yeah, it is tough. It is, because you, you scan it. You got to make sure your address is right, but not the wrong address. You don't want the Coinbase address. You want to make sure it's not one of those. You're going to lose something. Something's yeah. going to get messed up along the way. And you have people like Reeve Collins making Block V, which is great in theory, but difficult in practice. And you need global adoption and deployment of whatever app, software, website takes time. Yeah. And so, and so the way I look at it is that we need to build the underlying technology and we need to make it 
we need to work on education in order to make you know all of that happen and and get to the mass adoption because but, right but now, it shouldn't need education right it should be as simple as here's your collectible right well but it's, it's too complicated for that right well, i mean the integration with the mainstream providers is just like almost too hard because they just they're making so much money and they don't really want to deal with anybody else that's that's and, the biggest and, and you might have gotten me wrong by by me what i meant by education like you need to educate the businesses it's uh, you need to educate those businesses why to use it, and they don't know why they need to use it. I'm curious, just by a show of hands, who has you who has collected at least one NFT into their wallet before? Yeah, so really, just a few people at a crypto conference. That's true. Yeah, yeah but I, I I've seen so Pokemon cards have made a revival, and in every card pack, there's also a serial code that you use to add tokens on on i think the, what is there a the, poke chain the store the, the store or the uh, i think you could get digital cards it's, uh, yeah digital cards online and it, it's almost like when you they have the coca-cola giveaways and you type in that serial code it is like collecting something so it's it's more of a hybrid model rather than having digital versions of physical things you have both a digital version and a physical version is that the sort of hybrid that's going to get us to the future where there are a lot more NFTs or are NFTs bullshit and nobody should work on them? I want to ask you guys this because we got a lot of crypto OGs on here. Let's give another round of applause because these are the guys that were helping everybody understand it so along with, the way early on. Like okay. this has been like 10, 12 years now with, with, with crypto for some of you guys. Like maybe kind of reflect a little bit about where we've been and then like where you think we still where, where are we going? Because it seems like in a lot of ways we're still early. I remember I used to stop. Like, we could stop. let other panelists speak. Well, I mean, I'm the prettiest one. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I used to not tell people I was in a Bitcoin because an uh, inherent response would be like, oh, you're a drug dealer, right? And so for a long and time. And you were. Well, uh, <laughs> publicly, no. Uh, so I just didn't tell anybody. And uh, now it's a lot easier. This morning, I gave uh, the concierge guy at the Airbnb one of those ballet wallets, and he was he understood it instantly. So it's way different now. Mm. When you did that, Bobby Lee did a dance. That's right. He yeah. popped out of nowhere and just started dancing around. It was, it was cool. Good. Yeah. So with NFT, um, I think that... Uh, to expand on a little bit, when you mentioned collectibles, sorry, I'm jumping back. We, I'm sorry, Charlie, jump back and then Charlie, jump we, we moved on, okay. Charlie. You're Charlie Shrimp, you do what you like. So I think, and just this is from personal experience, um, it's it's going to happen where you won't know it's going to happen. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I bought a painting the other day, and I'm getting it shipped to the house. And um, I got an email from Verisart saying that the the ownership of this painting has now been transferred to you on the Bitcoin blockchain. I'm like, whoa. Like, that's so cool. I didn't expect that to happen. Mm. So I wanted the painting, but the value add was that the fact now is I have the providence of the painting on the Bitcoin blockchain. Mm. We talk about skins, NFTs. What's going to happen is Second Life or one of these virtual worlds that's already selling skins, weapons, horses, whatever. I, you know, um, you guys know that. So you play, you play games. Um, and then what's going to happen is eventually one of these companies will start oh, you're buying this skin? Hey, this is cool. We connected with this wallet on this blockchain and you can track all of your, you know, your skins and everything on this blockchain. And that's probably what you'll see in the beginning. It'll be novelty, maybe gimmicky. But then eventually people will say, oh, this is cool because I can trace my, trade my horse in this game 
for a sword in that game. And that's how you'll see this development start to happen, in my, my opinion. I think that provenance thing is going to happen also in, and it is happening along the food chain as well. Yeah. So it, it's coming along and sometimes it, you can order some food and you can then look up where the food is from and all that. And that's kind of interesting. When you go to a grocery store and they have a banana there, that banana has probably been in 10 different warehouses and touched by like 15 different hands. Or taped to a wall and taped sold for $120,000. Yeah. So. Now answer the damn question I had a minute ago, Charlie. It was, a, it was about <laughs> the, being, you know, being an OG and, and if I remember your question correctly. Where are we going? The future. Where are we going in the future? Um, I think we're still, we're still continuing to grow. Like we're here, we're, we're doing this show, we're, we're building companies, we're building products, we're, we're launching new things. And it's, it's really, every year that we're still back here in this room, it's like another year of accomplishment. Guys? Yeah, it, it is an accomplishment to be back here year after year. And this is the building phase again. This is the part of the cycle where everybody gets down to work. But also throughout the last 12 months, we just keep seeing more and more big companies and organizations doing something interesting with blockchain technology, something that we aren't doing. Like, they just come up with new use cases, implement it, and without, like, without asking us, there's just more. That, right. It's, cool. it, it seems like th- everywhere, every day, we're moving forward, and yet one day it's going to take the masses by surprise, and they're going to go, what just happened? Where, where did that come from? And it's going to seem like it happened overnight. But for those who have been in this a while, this long, painful journey of biddling in the ups and downs, it's clearly not overnight. I mean, you guys, some, a couple of you are going on a decade here almost. Blockchain, blockchain technology works best when a lot of people are plugged into it. And every, That is a very true statement. That should be like on a t-shirt. I'll make so, one say for Say that you. again. No, but blockchain technology works best when more and more companies, organizations, and people are plugged into it. All interfacing with each other. And so what's yeah. happened over the years is more and more people are interfacing, getting plugged into it. And then it just keeps working better and better. This is nothing to do with the price or how the market is doing. It's just more and more people are plugging in, which means more and more cool things can be developed. And it will hit us all by surprise when you just say, wow, everything is using this super boring technology of mutualized databases. So, like you said, there's a, there's a lot of things happening in the industry. And uh, there are a lot of great minds working and a lot of great companies, as, as we can see. But... Most of the questions that I, that I still get from people who actually know about cryptocurrency is like, yeah, great, I get it. Where can I buy it? And where can I spend it? And, and I think this is something that, that eventually we have, uh, we have made a great progress because the on-ramps in regards to getting cryptocurrency has been made a lot more simpler. Mm-hmm. People can just buy it with the credit or debit card. They can do really easy wire, wire transfers through exchanges. Of course, we still have you know, the barriers of AML, KYC, and all that. But people, people are, people are going to fight through that, right? It's like wrestling a baby tiger. But if you want to get it, then, you know, you're going to go through that AML, KYC, or just put in your debit card and credit card, and you are actually going to own cryptocurrencies. And I just spend too much time on my question. Will be, <laughs> right. And then the next question will be, okay, then what can I do with it? And that's also important. Um, and I think uh, now there are more and more... Uh, companies and, and, and places, brick and mortar and online as well, where they actually accept cryptocurrencies. So what, at the end of the day, we need that, we need that loop to close. We, yeah. we need the loop to close. And what's scary is that it is so easy to buy crypto now. In 2017, 2018, when there was a crazy hype to 20K, 
you still needed four days to get verified and then exactly. make an account and then verify further. So it was like two weeks delay before you can, if you didn't know about crypto to buy. That's why it pumped though, because of FOMO. You have to wait four days to buy FOMO. it. But mm-hmm. now if there's FOMO, yeah. Yeah. you could just, with your credit card and debit card. Instant are you yawning on stage? Are you yawning on our stage? Are you bored? I was playing video games. <laughs> uh, you know, when Mo talks, I kind of just doze hey, off a little bit. You need, the, you, you need the Red Bull? You, how long have you guys been doing this show? Uh, since July 2017. Over 8 million downloads, over 400 episodes. We've talked to all you clowns now. Congratulations. That's, that's so Congratulations. Congrats. So, that's, it's, that's like Thanks, a few years now. What type of data and metrics can you tell us about, like, who are the people that are listening to your show? Like, where are they coming from? Because it's it, it's a litmus test for our industry. Yeah. Uh, my statistics, you know, dwarf yours. But just to tell us, like, where I'm curious, like how how it works. <laughs> my, my my numbers hey, are not. Be nice. Close. Be nice to Charlie. He's a man of great stature. Come on. Uh, and his wife. Oh, I just awesome realized too. what I did to myself yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, self burn. Ow. Uh, uh, so demographics. Yeah. Uh, so we have you know most of it is still dudes who listen to our show. Okay. People who I think our since our show is. You know, sort of, you know, we crack jokes a lot. I think so. It's people who, who tend to, to like humor. Are you saying chicks don't have a sense of humor? Well, I think so. But it just looking at the Yikes. statistics, it just you shows You know, a lot of the people that came up to us here were women. I gotta go. Yeah. That gotta came go. to the booth. Like, I don't yeah. want to get in trouble we're here. We're never right? getting late again. <laughs> we're never getting late again, ever. It's, it's all over. It's, uh, I would say, of our listenership, which no surprise, we're about 55% U.S., um, followed by Australia, mate. That's true. Put another pro on the Bobby. Is a, is a huge crypto community. Yeah. 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 And I noticed that. I want to actually talk about that because I, I read an article y- yesterday about somebody who went to Australia. They go to Australia or New Zealand and then all of their digital all of their digital devices get strip searched and literally like, what do you have on here? And this person got all embarrassed because like nude videos of him and his lover were they and they were like, Oh, it's good to see you know normal porn for a change is what like the TSA agents said. If they did if he didn't turn his phone over to the authorities, there was a five thousand dollar fine, I think, and prison time. Prison time. Like there was yeah. like if you're gonna go to Australia, don't bring your regular phone with you. It's a you. big nanny state. Yeah. Yeah. Well they have no constitution, right? So they, they have no bill that? of rights. I'm not sure any of this is true. <laughs> that's true the same you, thing is in new zealand you are fake no news, the Mr. same Travis thing happens Wright. in new zealand like you they literally will look at your device when you go in you know how quick it is for me to cut your mic this is fake news right here in person no but actually it's true like in in new zealand and in australia they will look at your device not everyone i think like if you come in and look a little suspicious maybe they will but then so, if yeah. you come to the u.s don't you have to unlock the phone if they if you ask you know, if you are not a u.s citizen i've never been asked to see my phone so if, as a u.s citizen but i have heard of other people who've come there's to uh, had to if you ever it. anyone who knows flying back into the u.s we all you know you guys all do it frequently you go to customs and then i don't know if you've ever gone to secondary is that they've ever asked you to go mm. Tell me about your experience traveling back to America. <laughs> so I like live in secondary, you know, I yeah. used to. Um, thankfully, it hasn't been the past few times. I would tape, take a paperback book with me because you can't use your phone in there either. And I just, you know, just wait like an hour and um, usually it's fine. But yeah, it's, I mean, that's kind of crazy. So the one time I was in there, it was, I was landing in Tampa. I like to come into the country back like in Florida or the southern states. They're nicer. Um, but I was in there and the guy, you know, he goes, oh, Oh, I know your name. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, crypto. Oh, did you hear this token I want to talk to you about? And I'm like, oh, what? please just stamp my passport. And he's like, no, no, no. Oh, I got this coin project. No, it was, it was like a, it was a, like an adult. It was like a porn token or something. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. A vice token or something. Nice. And he was like trying to sell me on it. Now bend customer. over and spread your cheeks real yeah. quick and we'll get you out of here. Another story about that, but not for the stage. Okay, I think there needs to be some intervention here. A, you just took selfies with my phone. Yeah, because you were showing me the you article, just, which was like... You're like, it's fake news, and you don't and, know that. And he goes, that. I look fabulous. And, and we'll have to uh, delve deeper into that. Uh, the point is, there are, you know, we are, we are facing some new rules and regulations, right? And, and there is the question of these cross-border, uh, you know, carrying your crypto with you, because you're mm-hmm. supposed to claim, you know, if you're taking more than yeah. $10,000 in a instrument with you i think generally regulators and customs are taking an approach which is they don't understand super well what's going on show me your bitcoin and that's what it is it's It's, in my pocket it's, it's they don't understand well and they become punitive and weird about when people travel I will fly to London a lot, and I just tell people I'm a graphic designer because they don't know how what other questions to ask. Like, like you don't dare actually carry a. But make me look, look at you, your glasses. It's they, they're like, really okay, easy. yeah, he's a, he's <laughs> a graphic right? designer. Make me a picture, yeah, Mel. Yeah, yeah. One time, I'm like Bitcoin. They said, "Can I come with you me?" Know, so yeah. I'm Elton John's yeah. nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Can you draw something? They take out a paper and pen. <laughs> but then, but then, getting back to that question, like if they ask you. Do you have any crypto uh, crypto coins on on you on on the, in your phone? And then you say no, and that can be true. But then, what if you have the twelve word seeds written in your notebook? Right, and are then you, you really actually carrying have it? it. You know uh, what the I mean? crypto's on the blockchain. No, it's not on my phone. The files are in the computer. You know, you know, it's but, out there. But it's- generally speaking, globally, it's becoming more loose. I think that's changing. It's not as strict or weird you'll always have somebody who's well, the reality is most people keep their money on an exchange like a dum-dum anyway so that's true that is true yeah hope you're enjoying the panel so far wanted to jump in real quick with a quick shout out to upland uh you ever played the game monopoly well imagine a location-based property trading game paired with a decentralized economy that's what upland.me is and players can buy sell and trade and and develop virtual properties that are based on real-world addresses. You can literally go to Google Street View and check out the places where you can buy these things. Blockchain technology uh, ensures you got true ownership. Uh, they also have like you know passports, and, and it's interesting. You be, you can become an Uplander and collect in-game currency called Upix for the reward. Go check it out real quick. It's Upland.me, and you might be able to see Joel and I walking around. They got our they put our heads in there, and so we're like Monopoly pieces in Upland. It's funny. Go check it out. And now back to the panel. Can we have a show of hands? How many dum dums in the house? No, don't do that. <laughs> we got one. We got one. We got one big dum dum. Get your money off what your up, exchanges, gang. <laughs> yeah. Don't keep them there. Not yeah, your keys, the, uh, not your coins. The narrative has changed in that, and it used to be like not your keys, not your coins, and proof of proof of keys was such a like a bigger deal and everything. Um, but now it's it's scary to see that that's like. A lot of these exchanges and apps are basically saying, no, 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 keep your money on the exchange. They'll give you like interest on your and coins and Loans yeah. and interest. And it's very bad because their security hasn't gotten much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're, if you're keeping your money at a custodial place that offers interest, there are some of them that are like regulated and have trust, you know, they're, they're, they have trust and there's, they're bonded. And so they offer, you know, a little bit less of an interest rate, like seven or eight percent instead of like 13 you're better off going with that over than the 13% because those could be fly-by-night companies. I mean, you got to be super careful with a lot of these coins and tokens and these places where you're keeping your, your coin because they're offering like 1% a day and it's just a scam, but it seems legit. Mm. Be connect! That's true. Or the modern versions of it, yeah? 
Yeah. So as OGs, you know, you guys, Bitcoin's obviously exciting for everyone. Are you Bitcoin cash for you down there? But what what is going on in the market? <laughs> or what are you seeing? Like what developments or innovations that are you seeing that are like, damn, like this could be really cool? I, th- I think MoCoin. MoCoin is going to be huge in 2020. <laughs> We're launching Glasses Coin. That's very good. <laughs> I know what the logo is going to be. Yeah, Glasses <laughs> on the box. Um, I don't understand the question. Yeah, what in the industry is exciting aside from maybe Bitcoin? Like what innovations are going, damn, this is awesome. Is there anything that, see, that you see that like, this is the next thing, this is cool? Maybe, maybe I, speak I think, Russian. Yeah. I think... You know, security tokens are just not as attractive as people think they will be. Because volatility is attractive. Volatility is attractive, and there's more arbitrage opportunities and more different opportunities. The thing is, what a lot of things in crypto represent is a new investment vehicle that isn't yet legal or able to be invested in on normal avenues. And so when there are opportunities like security tokens that are a new innovative thing this this nba player said i'm going to forward sell the next four years of my salary to people and give them a five percent return on their investment based on my earnings or something that's an opportunity to invest in something that isn't able to be invested in that's cool you can't buy shares in that you need to do it with something like blockchain tech so the more interesting opportunities that can be created that are not able to be invested in in normal avenues is cool. Then you have the overarching, like macro, weird, crazy stuff, like Australia being on fire and Iranians being assassinated, right. which can, like, immediately gold price went up, Bitcoin price went up, something weird happened. And then Putin fired his entire uh, regime. Like, weird things happen, and then some people will flee into crypto. And if there's capital controls that go on because of the yellow party and the hong kong protests or something happens with the yellow vest in in paris or something happens in south america some things could be catalysts to crazy changes and fluctuations in prices but that doesn't mean it's innovative it's just fear and speculation mm-hmm. yeah, i hope 2020 is a, the year people figure out DeFi. It, on the surface it's cool it's really cool. i think everybody's trying to speculate a bit that it could be cool but like what is the most point of uh, de- decentralized finance but I didn't know what it stood for for a while. In general, things like how can you do an uncollateralized loan? You could probably do that on blockchain. I don't think anybody's cracked it yet, but having no security deposit, stuff like that to get a loan, that would open up a huge market. Um, So I think 2020 could be big for DeFi. There's so much um, noise, especially during bull markets. And um, what? So So much noise. And... You could just um, kick him if, you know, it's super annoying. <laughs> what, was really, what was really cool, did I ever tell you when Marshall wrote, like, a handwritten white paper to me in prison? <laughs> That's another story. No, no. You got to listen to untold stories for that one. Tell that one. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's hear it. But, um, you know, what, what was I saying, though? <laughs> I don't care. I want to hear about the white paper. About right after Why don't you tell right him this story? So <clears throat> maybe, like, a week before oh. Charlie had to report to, to jail, we were working on some kind of deal, and I inadvertently messed it up and screwed Charlie out of some money, and... Blah, blah, blah. But uh, so when he, when he went to prison, I was like, man, I feel really bad. So I wonder what kind of stuff this guy wants to read. And I was like, wait, Charlie's like a huge nerd. Let me just write some stuff. So I got out some hand paper just because I didn't have a printer. And I was also bored. And so I started writing a bunch of stuff. And so we exchanged a few letters, 
handwritten a few white papers. You were papers. in Malaysia. So I, was, yeah. I was mailing letters to Malaysia from Pennsylvania. <laughs> and you know how expensive were, that is? When, what, what, you didn't have to pay for it. When yes, they, I did. When they no, arrived, they're all like opened and like you could tell that yeah, somebody had written them before and stuff. Nice. But uh, I could tell at the end he was getting really bored. He was like, hey, the next one you send, there's this like type of encryption you can do with a deck of cards. And you can like write a program. It's going to take me 14 days to decrypt what you wrote. But, like, I can do it by hand. <laughs> I really did tell him that. I need to have some crypto fun. So this is, like, a month before he gets released. He goes, I don't think it's a good idea. It's like, actually, no, dude. I'm, that's, that's crazy. Just stop it. How long have you been out of prison now? Three, three and a half years. You know you can grow your hair now. I mean, let's... <laughs> I know you had something brilliant you wanted to add down there, Mate. What was it? You looked, or, or are you just dumbfounded by these clowns? Right? Exactly. I mean, I I really like the story. Um, I also sent something to to Charlie when when he was in there. Um, but yeah, like we can eventually change the conversation to something that's uh, that's funnier. Uh, <laughs> we didn't say Charlie, Charlie going to prison. Is not I didn't funny. say you <laughs> I got nothing. I didn't. I, we didn't know Charlie then. I got you into prison. <laughs> no, there was actually. So um, I, I encountered uh, a story today, and I'm looking to see if I can find it right here. It was. The SEC now warning about IEOs, right? Uh, huge surprise. The, the headline is SEC. We knew that was coming. Issues warning about investing in initial exchange offerings. Warning would-be investors about the risk involved with, with IEOs. Be cautious if considering you are not an adult and we're going to tell you what to do with your money once again. Thoughts? I, I just... So I just the whole <laughs> IEO like, thing was just anything. <laughs> it was just funny. That's all. I, it was like I turned on my laptop. I saw an exchange that said I'm launching IEO, and I was like, I'm just gonna close my laptop. <laughs> I need to stay out of this. So I think no matter how hard or how bad they're trying to regulate this, um, technology is always gonna be way ahead of of the regulators, yes. and the lawmakers, and it really doesn't matter if it's gonna be IEO um, or whatever three letter words. Um, you know, it's just going to be we always going to be ahead of the regulators. And, you know, I think that matters a lot. And I think we should, you know, just be really quick and really fast to bump things out and, and get things done. You know, next, um, can I add on to what you said? There was a speaker here yesterday who 11. in his talk, Nick Spanos said, you guys, each one of you, was I don't mean to get graphic, but he's like you were the sperm that made it out of like billions. billions. I will never look at you again. Okay, Nick so, called but, me but, special. But wait, let's be serious. I'm not shaking your hand. Let's be serious for one second. If you if you if you take that, I think he was trying. Nick can teach us very good lessons in his own way, and the lesson that I took from that was in in, in crypto. Even if you have one good project out of a billion bad ones, if you didn't have the ability to have that one good with all the bad, then we would never have become a person. Right. You know what I mean? So that has to, almost like you have to allow the market to, to be free yeah. and, and inefficient until it can correct itself and become more efficient. Screw so all those lazy sperm out there. Yeah. They don't get any. We are all the sperm champions <laughs> from our dad. Congratulations <laughs> to every one of you. You are all winners. You made it. Every one of you. But if it wasn't for the less, those lessons that were learned over the past few years, then we won't have... You know, we wouldn't have had DeFi. We wouldn't have had these things because what these these companies that were that were offering crypto back loans and interest, what they learned is that oh, crypto people like to hold their crypto. I don't know. It took five years to figure that out, 
But <laughs> now we're going to start building infrastructure to allow people to, like, make money on that. And then we can make money on that. It, it just takes time for, like, any other industry or anything else, it happens faster. But our industry, we don't really know what we're doing. So it just takes a little bit more time for, for us to, like, kind of figure our shit out. Mo, how do you feel about so much talk about sexually reproducing at your conference? <laughs> I dug our way out of that, and you just brought us right back in. I got serious. People were listening and quiet. I think he's going to plead the fifth on that. Uh, so as long as we're talking about completely inappropriate topics, with good points, by the way, Charlie's next uh, move is going to be Mountaintop Guru. Right? People are going to be coming to him for sage advice because of his experience. Let's talk seriously Last week, McAfee backed Hi. down from his bet, right? The, the, Greg, can you cut his mic? It was going to be a <laughs> uh, million dollars by the end of 2020. And the question is, did he pull up his drawers too quickly? I mean, it's just January, and he's already pulling back on it. Come on, I, I think he just. I think, what, I think he just realized he's inflexible. What crypto <laughs> Twitter has taught us over the past, like, three months, especially, like, and everyone, or six months or whatever, is that if you can't take it, then don't dish it. Mm. I would also say this, that it seems like in the last few months we've learned that people in crypto don't really honor their bets sometimes. That's Ooh. what I mean also. <laughs> right. If you, you know, you got to follow through. Yeah, you make a bet, you got to do it. But nobody wanted to see him cut off his junk. That would be no good anyway. It wasn't cutting it off, it was eating it. Well, how, how's he going to do that? I don't know. I think that generally speculation on the price is true. <laughs> We asked him on the show, and he, we asked him, he was like, how's he going to eat it? And like, Dick, Dick Lasagna, I think, was the, uh, the what he was going to do. This is the greatest conference in crypto, This is the first time we've been to this conference, and probably and the, the last. last. time. So this is very good. You knew it was a snake when you picked it up, Mo, it so they, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Travis, I think out of all the things that we do regarding the show, my favorite is when we get to go to a conference, meet fans, make friends, uh, alienate a few people that decide they don't like us and do our show on stage. Mm -hmm. And I like when we go, I like to go get tacos. You do. You, you always are like, I'm hungry. We did the show. I need me some tacos. <laughs> and then you like That's that. True. You're like a one track mind. Then it's like until you well, get we're in your Miami. Tacos. I'm telling you, we're in Miami. This is Hispanic. There's going to be a great place with some tacos. Like, I wouldn't say that if I was in like some other country, but I was like, oh, man, in Miami, I want to either get some Cuban food or get some tacos. And I would wanted some tacos so you guys could have gone wherever we didn't have to go to the same place no we, we like the tacos they were good now we've got two such events that are coming up in february that i want to tell people about the first one it's going to be our second appearance at the big eth denver event this is a really unique event because it's not like okay buy a ticket and hear a bunch of speakers this is a hackathon this is where people are creating applications at varying uh, stages of progress, right? They could be just ideating or they could be gathering other people to help them with the last bit of code and everything in between. Mm, that is on February 14th, Valentine's Day, because we love the cryptos. 
Mm, ETHDenver.com. So to get a ticket to, to this, you have to actually apply. It's a biddle-a-thon, workshops, and community gathering. Last year's was super cool because amongst everything else that was going on there, including our show, which was the precedent to Andreas Antonopoulos' keynote, so that was great fun, was they gave everybody a token that you scanned into your wallet. It was ERC721 based, of course, because it's ETH Denver. And and you would use your wallet to go to the food trucks to get your tacos or your pizza or your sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Like of all the events that we've been to, I think that ETH Denver is doing the most innovations and, and experimenting the most. And as they like to say, eating their own dog food and testing out products and putting things together. So, you know, that's where the proof of attendance protocol came from was last year's ETH Denver. And then we met that Patricio. Uh, guy, and then that's how we did the first two uh, of the events that we were at the Miami, uh, the Washington Elite, and then the you know Bitcoin uh, conference in Miami. There, so those are the first two. Then we're going to have another one at ETH Denver. And then we'll have another one at this next event. What's the next event we're going to? Well, hang on. Let me talk about this just for a moment longer okay. because uh, the the ETH Denver thing, keep you guys in suspense. Last year, their mascot and their theme was around the buffacorn. So if you can imagine a buffalo with a little you know unicorn horn on it that's got an Ethereum logo on the top. This year, Travis, it's the Pega buffacorn uh, because now it's got wings and they say this is the year that they fly Uh, and last year was gamified with the tokens for your food truck this year travis they are gamifying the entire event and i can't wait to see exactly what this looks like but apparently you'll be able to go to different people and booths and collect experience points and somehow level up uh we just got like a little teaser of what they're going to be doing but it's going to be the most gamified um crypto event that's ever been period period i would almost say this it's going to be the most gamified conference that's ever been because the stuff that that's going on at this event with uh, nfts and nfc and their and their own network that they create, and then the scavenger hunt that ETH Denver is going to do, where you got to go see this booth and you scan in, and then you level up your points. Like you're literally going to be able to level up in the conference. And Joel and I were talking about the opportunities that this could bring. We were talking about this before we even had this conversation with them. We were thinking about, you know, there's some people who've been to CES for over 50 years. There are some people who've been to every single CES. Like if you're one of those guys, then you should have like mythic level mm-hmm. um, right you know what i mean and and, and like there should the, be a glow around you as you walk down the hallway <laughs> there should, be, should be able to smell your legendariness <laughs> right and just and then if you scan their badge or some or interact with them in some way that levels you up and so like it creates some interaction within folks and i think there's some really cool stuff that's going to be going on there at eat denver around that that no other conference has done no other conference is doing it yet it's being invented at places like eat denver when you got all these Biddlers that are creating the next blockchain stuff out there. I mean, it's it's exciting. And this leads into the other event, I think, because as we're talking about NFTs, we have been invited to perform Bad Crypto Live at NFT.NYC. This is the leading non-fungible token event. It's a one-day event at the Edison Ballroom in Times Square on February 20th. And the website is NFT.NYC. 
NYC. This is not their first rodeo either. They've got a lot of speakers. It's all going to be on this uh, this protocol of NFTs, whether they're built on Ethereum or on uh, Engine or on Wax or any of the new upcoming protocols. It's actually hosted and put on by uh, a gentleman that is with CRED, K-R-E-D.com, and they have NFTs uh, available on their platform as well. NFTs. I'll tell you what, I think it's pretty good. We got some good stuff going on. You know, because it's fun. We're testing out and we're going to be around the people who are doing the cool next level stuff at this NFT event. What we're trying out right now, we were doing live events where we're going to have an NFT that you can only get at those. We're, we're looking into uh, doing an NFT for every episode that we have down the road, getting some artwork and doing that. We're trying to figure out the mechanics and all this. So we're testing the stuff out and, and, and figuring things out. And, and and experimenting because that's how you that's how you grow in this space. You just keep playing around and figuring out and testing this and doing this. And next thing you know, you start adding levels and layers of different things and dial cool things pop up. Yeah, in fact, uh, you know, we've yet to work out the details of our proof of listenership campaign. But in preparation for this, let me encourage you guys to go download the Trust Wallet. We featured them on a previous episode. Looks like badco.in forward slash 261 with Victor Radchenko the founder of Trust Wallet Binance. And go download the Trust Wallet and set up your wallet because in order to get the NFTs, it's likely that you're going to need to have that. We'll have links to that episode as well as to these conferences um, and everything discussed here on this episode in our show notes at badco.in forward slash 361. Mr. Travis Wright, take us home, brother. Also, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but um, are, are there links on the show notes, Mr. Joel Com, to the cool videos that you've been creating around those different episodes, or are they just located on the different social channels? They're on the social channels, yeah. Yeah. Make sure you go check us out on the social channels if you're not already. Go check out our Twitter, even on LinkedIn. Connect with Joel and I. Follow us on LinkedIn. That would be awesome. We'd like to have some people who are active on the LinkedIn and uh, share our content, connect with people. Let's do this. Let's connect on, on LinkedIn. That'd be a good, fun thing to do this week. This is Joel Kahn. You agree? I, I always agree with most of the things you say, especially when you tell people to stay back. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.